This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. This is Yasmin Mujahid, and you're listening to Serenity, streaming live on One Legacy Radio. Uh, we are continuing today with the question of what is the secret to happiness. Uh, today, we want to hear from you. We are opening the lines again to, to listen uh, to your stories. We had last time about uh, some people who had uh, talked about their stories of how they searched for happiness in certain places and then, um, you know, ultimately where they found that happiness. Uh, and we did, um, you know, we didn't get a chance to get to all your stories last time. Inshallah, we will be able to get to some of those that we didn't get a chance to cover last time. Um, but we want to hear from you. We want to hear your stories. And, um, you know, the, the, the whole idea here is that we want it to be a dialogue. We want to listen uh, to you and and we are connecting right now with people from all over the world. Uh, we have listeners from Europe to Africa to Asia, uh, and and we and we we all are inspired by your stories. Uh, last week we we had a a sister a caller who shared her story about how uh, she had suffered from severe anxiety and uh, and how you know she tried all these different methods of treating it and then eventually uh, the the only way that it was treated was that she actually she said that she, she started to do the things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had told us to do uh, you know she started to pray and started to do more dhikr and remembering Allah and 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 she said that that actually is what cured her, subhanAllah, and she was able to find that peace of heart. And it goes completely in line with the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because Allah tells us, that peace, that internal peace comes with the remembrance of, of God. And it doesn't come with the remembrance of any other thing. That's one of the... Um, really powerful things to remember is that we as human beings we remember a lot of things and you know we 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 are always searching for happiness and we're always kind of you know there's something we're thinking about there's something that we're remembering but it's it's either uh that we're remembering the creator or we're remembering the creation and the remembrance of the creation is not what gives peace uh, but rather it's the, only the remembrance in the remembrance of the creator that the hearts find peace this is this is you know it makes sense because we know that god is the one who created the heart so god is also the nourishment of that which he created uh, we had also some other stories that we didn't get a chance to get to but inshallah um, i'll be sharing those stories now we had one sister uh, who wrote, uh, one sister wrote, uh, Salam Sister Yasmin, I met you at the United for Change event. Uh, and um, 
She said, the girl who cried when she met you in response to what brings true happiness. I would say being closer to Allah. Before I became closer to Islam, nothing made me happy. I traveled the world and had everything at my disposal. Nothing really helped. I would cry every night and I didn't know why. I was blessed with so much, so why was I sad all the time? I started to remember Allah and prayed more, and alhamdulillah, I feel much better. It's still a struggle, and I pray that I never turn away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I mean, we, we, we ask that you never turn away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and we ask the same for ourselves and for all those uh, listening and for all people uh, that we never turn away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is the source of life. Allah is the source of life, the source of the life of our hearts, the source of the life of our souls, the source of our true inner life. Another uh, sister shared, making people around me Happy makes me happy. There was a short time when I also thought, like every girl, that someone special would make my life happy. And I really wanted to marry him, but got the best lesson from him in the form of betrayal after wasting my four years on him. So now I know no one can make you happy except for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I ask him to make me happy in the life hereafter, inshallah, the way he wills. You know, I, I think that the, t- the sister here touches upon a very, very, uh, you know, common misconception and a very deep point. And that is, uh, I think as women, uh, let's, I mean, just look at the types of stories that we grow up with. Uh, and I, I don't think it's just, it's just limited to women. Um, but you see that, that, that the stories we grow up with, the fairy tales we grow up with, they teach us that happiness exists in uh, Prince Charming coming to save you. That That's when happiness begins. Uh, that's when the happily ever after begins. Uh, you know, those, those stories, those, those messages, those ideas are, are put in us. Uh, they're, they're taught to us from a very early age. You look at the the stories that that we that we hear growing up. Uh, you have Sleeping Beauty, which is essentially a story about a woman who is, is who is completely helpless. Uh, she's in fact in a basically a coma um, because you know, and she can't break out of it unless Prince Charming comes and kisses her. And so it basically is you know Prince Charming comes and he is the one who brings her in a sense, back to life. Uh, this, this is a message uh, that, you know, your life doesn't really fully begin until Prince Charming comes into the picture and, and completes you, or rather, in this case, not just completes you, but actually gives you life or, or gives you back life. So, you know, these messages, um, you know, you'll find, so what is, what is, what is a girl, uh, you know, or, or, or a guy who, who grows up, you know, constantly bombarded with these messages? What, what does that person internalize? Well, you know, it might not be specifically in that form, uh, but we do then, you know, believe that, uh, you know, our life doesn't fully begin until we get married. Our life doesn't, isn't fully, isn't really going to be fully complete until we get married. And that there's no happiness outside of that. Uh, we, we, we need, we wait 
for a Prince Charming to come and save us, to come and complete us, to come and bring us back to life, in fact. And it's like this idea that we'll never be happy until then. And um, all of our problems kind of will magically disappear uh, once, once we meet that special person. And that's a very dangerous way of thinking because, as you know, there is nothing that can save you or bring you back to life or complete you. Uh, except for your relationship with your creator, except for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The, the relationship that one has in marriage or that has it, it, with any of the creation is one of, of uh, part of that path to God, uh, but definitely it is not the completion of the human being. Uh, and, we, and we spoke about this, that there is, a, there is a very important difference between completing your deen and completing yourself uh, the prophet ﷺ told us that marriage is half of your deen that marriage completes your deen uh, but that's very different than saying that it completes you as a human being that you're not a complete uh, soul or a complete human being your your purpose in life is not complete until you get married those are very different concepts Marriage uh, can complete your deen and it can be one of many things that can aid you in your deen uh, because it is that. It is, it is something that helps you uh, in, in building your character. It is something that helps teach you how to be a better person, essentially. Uh, if you use your relationships, if your relationships are making you a better person, then you've gotten the point. If your relationships are just about feeding your own need, um, if your relationships are just about making me happy, then you've missed the point. And in fact, you will not have successful relationships if the point of the relationship is to feed that inner emptiness or to, to make me happy. Uh, that wasn't the point. That's not the, the, the goal of a relationship, the goal of the relationship ultimately. Uh, and the goal of all, all things, in fact, in this life are to make us better people, are to make, to basically beautify our hearts. And so that when we journey through this life, it's a process of beautification of the heart. And then, inshallah, when we meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we can meet Him بِقَلْبٍ salim with a heart that is beautiful, that is sound, that is healthy. Inshallah, we will take a short break. And when we return, we will open up the lines for your calls and for your own stories of how you found happiness. Assalamu alaikum. This is Yasmin Mujahid, and you're listening to Serenity, streaming live on One Legacy Radio. We are talking today about the question of the secret to happiness. Uh, we are sharing your stories, talking about where you found happiness and what are the places where you can't find happiness. And oftentimes, uh, as it turns out, the places where we generally look for happiness are in all the wrong places. And uh, one of the 
you know, one of the places where most of us tend to look for happiness is in the creation. And when we say the creation, it includes everything other than the creator. Uh, the creation means money. The creation means status. The creation means people. The creation means um, power, uh, the sense of control. These are things that we look for. We look we we look for happiness in, and these are all the wrong places to find happiness. Uh, one of I think the most uh, deceptive of those places, uh, and the one that's probably the myth that's taught most successfully. Uh, without you know anyone, even the the best-hearted people wouldn't find a problem in it. And that's the myth that that happiness is found in other people. That happiness is actually something that you that you get from uh, it's a fill that you get from other people and i want to clarify this because uh, there is this concept in the quran where allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about qurrata ayun allah you know the dua that says rabbana hab lana min azwajina wa dhurriyyatina qurrata ayun oh allah gift us with making our spouses and our children the coolness of our eyes so some would would say well isn't that happiness and i would say yes that is happiness However, uh, ultimately, the happiness comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and these are gifts that Allah gives us. But if we are seeking the source of happiness in the creation, then that's when we fail, and that's when we get disappointed, and that's when we come back not just empty-handed but broken. Because whenever you're looking for something in the wrong place, it's like digging into concrete with your bare hands. When you try to dig into concrete with your bare hands, you don't only come back with, with empty hands, but you come back with broken fingers and bloody hands. You know, it hurts to try to so hard to get something from the wrong source. And so essentially it's about wh what is the source? What is the source of happiness? What is the source of fill? Yes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us uh, contentment. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us qurrata ayun, the coolness of our eyes in our spouses, in our children, in our friends, uh, that these are these are gifts from Allah, but ultimately, again, when you ask for something, you ask from the source. And when you seek, you seek from the source. This is essentially what we say at least 17 times a day. You alone do we worship and you alone do we ask for help. When we're asking for something, who do we ask from? We, you know, even when we ask a doctor to cure us, or we ask a friend to help us that's fine but but we know ultimately where where that cure comes from and where that help comes from and it's only from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala someone writes i found happiness in giving away more of my beloved things to those i love than keeping them subhanallah um you know, this is actually a really powerful concept, uh, and that is a concept that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about in the Quran when He says, That you will not reach goodness until you give from that which you love. In fact, this is something that Allah tells us in the Quran, and it is something they've actually found uh, in modern day research that the people who have more money don't necessarily 
feel happier. But it's what they found is that it's those people who spend their money on others that actually are happier. So subhanAllah, it's, it's, it's the having the money and then spending it on others or having things and giving it to others that actually increases your happiness. We have Elizabeth on the line. Assalamu alaikum, Elizabeth. Oh, wa alaykum salam. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Okay. I just wanted to say firstly that it's wonderful to get to listen into your show. Alhamdulillah. Thank you. As a young Muslim convert um, in my short 26 years of life, I have found that happiness for me has come mainly from serving other people. And it's something that, as you said, you know, our faith really does emphasize. Assalamu alaikum. I think we might have lost you. Hello. Okay. Uh, I can hear you now. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. Yes. Go ahead. You were saying? Okay. Well, I was just saying that, you know, I found in all of these years of of being a Muslim um, that happiness really does come from serving other people and giving for myself. It just filled me with so much joy to to help people who are, you know, in poverty or who just need emotional support. And I think one of the best things that we can do as human beings is really be good listeners towards others. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, just just some random ideas that I had. This is the first time I call into your show, so it's a great pleasure to hear you, Yasmin. <laughs> it's a great pleasure to have you call in. Thank you, Elizabeth. And and the point you make is is very valid. Uh, what you've experienced, uh, you know, through your life is actually something that researchers have even found uh, in their studies. Uh, you know, they they kind of have found that that people, what they say, uh, one theory is that people have sort of a baseline level of happiness. And overall, people don't much change from the baseline. When something really good happens, you know, people might peak a little bit from the baseline and then they eventually come back pretty quickly to that baseline. And when something bad happens, um, you know, something tragic or something uh, a loss that they kind of go down from the baseline, but then again, eventually go back pretty quickly to the baseline and that there's kind of this, this baseline that we're, we're at regardless of what happens in our life. We just go a little bit up and down. However, they have found that one of the things that increases the baseline itself, not just the little spikes, but actually increases the baseline is generosity and giving to others. And subhanAllah, the, you know, the two things that they found, one was generosity and the other was gratitude, that these two concepts are, are what can actually increase the baseline of happiness. Uh, so it's, it's an extremely Islamic concept, as you said, uh, of giving to others. That's how not, I mean, you know, one of the reflections that when I was thinking about that, is I was thinking how merciful Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is and how it's actually a manifestation of his attribute, al-latif. Because Allah, you know, subtly, in subtle ways, He gives to us without us even realizing it. And one of the ways in which He subtly gives to us is He actually makes it pleasurable for us to give to others. SubhanAllah. So it's like He's providing for us by the means of other people, by making it pleasurable to give. You know, SubhanAllah, part of His mercy uh, is is that that exact thing. Imagine if it was just, there was no reward internally for giving to people, we'd be a lot less likely to give. So, subhanAllah, thank you for your comment, Elizabeth. No, thank you for mentioning gratitude. And that's actually, you know, when I feel at my lowest points, because I've had some pretty low points, always turning back to Allah and remembering what I've been blessed with and seeing the people who don't have what I have has been life-saving for me. And it's always the quickest way to bring happiness back. 
Absolutely. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, وَإِن شَكَرْتُمْ لَأَزِيدَنَّكُمْ And if you are thankful, if you thank him, if you are grateful, then I will increase you. Uh, so it's it's absolutely an Islamic concept. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us how to to have more, to have more, th- to have more happiness, to have more contentment, also to have more uh, blessing, and that is to be thankful. Subhanallah. Alhamdulillah. Thank you, Yasmin. Thank you, Elizabeth. Salam alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. We we have uh, another comment uh, on on the chat box. I found happiness when I got depression because when I got over it, I really knew what happiness is. This is also Subhanallah, extremely profound. Uh, you know, another sort of reflection that that you can get from this and something that I I had been recently thinking about as well is how we learn things uh, through their opposites. So, for example, we wouldn't be able to understand night if there was no day. I mean, we wouldn't understand darkness if there was no light. Uh, And similarly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يُسْرَ With hardship is ease. And I think there's so much depth in this, in these ayat, in this ayah particularly, uh, that, you know, with hardship is ease. And, and, you know, a lot of times we think of this ayah, uh, with hardship there's ease. And there's a lot uh, of meaning we can take from this. One is that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us hardship, He also gives us ease at the same time with hardship, there's ease. Not after, not bad, but with ma'a. And and so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may give us things that are difficult, but He also gives us things that are to help us and to give us ease at the same time. Uh, you're having a difficulty in one aspect of your life, but at the very same time, you're having ease in another aspect. Allah gives you the ability to withstand. That's the ease. But there's another level too, um, I think, and that is that if we had only ease all the time, like the brother said, if everything was always easy, would we even notice that it was easy? Would we would we feel that that it's happiness? It's almost as though um, it, because we know what sadness is, that we can even appreciate happiness, and we because we know what hardship is. It's it's kind of like if you were on vacation all the time and you never had to work, you know. It, after a while, you it doesn't really feel good anymore. You know, it doesn't feel relaxing because you're you know. Say you're retired and you, you know, you don't, a lot of people become very, um, almost depressed when they, when they retire because, you know, it's, well, okay, yes, they're not working, but they're not happy either. And so the idea is that subhanAllah, it is, it is when we, when we recognize or rather when we experience struggle, uh, then we're able to recognize ease. You know, it's when you're working really hard uh, that you can appreciate your, your time off. Uh, but if you really didn't have to work at all, the time off doesn't feel the same way, subhanAllah. Uh, someone else writes, not sure if this is related, but one can falter even though they are praying five times and having a strong deen. I mean, committing sins, they are considered pretty bad. So, you know, this is, yes, it is It is somewhat of a, a you know, a tangent tangent here, but, you know, the, the idea of, of uh, committing sins... We are human beings, and, and yes, it's true that you know as soon as you start praying five times a day, you're not going to become an angel. Uh, however, however, uh, if we are praying properly, uh, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala does say in the Salat Tanha and al Fahshai wal Munkar that 
that Salah pre- uh, prevents, protects from, from shamelessness and evil deeds. So there is a protection in Salah, in prayer. That does not mean, of course, that, that we become angels and that we're no longer human or able to falter. But it does mean that Allah is protecting us from shamelessness and evil deeds. And even when we do commit sins, which as human beings we will fall into, we will return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and repent. And that's the point, is that Allah doesn't expect us to be perfect, but Allah wants us to come back to Him and repent when we do make a mistake or we do slip. So that's, you know, ultimately that's the point. And, and again, Again, it's, 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 Salah is your protection. Uh, it does give you that barrier, uh, from, you know, the, the, the major, major things. And even again, if you fall into those major th- sins, you, you do have that return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in repentance. Another uh, listener writes, I feel happiness when I do something for people, especially in terms of time, help in the time of need. But sometimes I feel bad that I can't do enough for them. Please pray that my dreams come a true really want to work for child labor and hunger. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala use you for his, for his cause and to help other people. Allahumma ameen. It definitely, when you help people in time of need, uh, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala helps you. And this is, this is, uh, again shown in, in psychological research, but also Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, tells us this. We, we know from, from a numerous hadith, a hadith of the Prophet sallallahu where, where we're taught that whenever you, you ease or, or you take away a difficulty from from the children of Adam from another person, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take away one of your hardships on the day of judgment. You know, and, and, and there's this connection between how we treat other people and how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala treats us. You know, that there's uh, we're taught by the Prophet وسلم, that when we help another person and try to take and, and take away one of their their hardships. Allah will take away our hardship on the day of judgment. And also, when we cover up the faults of our brother or sister, and that's super important. Uh, sometimes, unfortunately, we do the opposite. We look for fault in another person, and we want to expose it. And when we when we treat people in that way, then we are asking that Allah would treat us in the same way on the day of judgment. When we're looking for other people's faults, and then when we find out a fault in another person, we expose it, then that also may be how Allah treats us on the day of judgment. That our faults, because trust me, you're not perfect, I'm not perfect. We all have faults. And if we're seeking out other people's faults, guess what? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is better at seeking out our faults. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is better at exposing faults than we are. Uh, so we have to be very careful when we when we do that. And in fact, that we're taught by the Prophet sallallahu that that when you cover up the faults of other people. So you find out that someone's doing something uh, that's that's shameful or something wrong, and you and you try to cover up that person instead of exposing them. Then Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will do the same for you, inshallah, on the day of judgment and cover up your faults. Yasmin, I think serving others is super awesome, from volunteering to helping a neighbor. But I think it starts to have a reverse effect when you start to depend on the outcome or success of your efforts. How should we address the need for affirmation and success? That is a beautiful question. Uh, and, I, and I think it actually, there's a very important reason why we tend to depend on the outcome or success of our efforts. Uh, if something is done purely for the sake of God, 
And this is actually one of the litmus tests to know whether we're doing something volunteer or activism or whatever it is. One of the litmus tests to really truly know if it is being done for the sake of God is that we don't lose hope when we don't see results. We don't lose hope and give up when we aren't seeing an outcome. The reason why is because if it's purely for the sake of God, regardless of the physical outcome that we see with our eyes, regardless of the so-called result, we are still getting our reward for Allah, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it's kind of like it, it, it shows you why am I really doing this? Suppose someone, I'll give you an example, someone puts in so much effort into an event uh you know they 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 plan they're planning for weeks you know they're trying uh you know sleepless nights so much work you know goes into planning these things sometimes and then after all the planning you know almost no one shows up they raise almost no money suppose it's a fundraiser whatever it is and the person just becomes so hopeless that they just give up the work that in and of itself it, it, it's a, it can be a sign that, well, I was doing it in order to get a result, right? I was doing it in order to get X, Y, you know, X number of people to attend, or I was doing it to get Y number of, of money uh, or do- number of dollars raised or, or whatever. But if I'm really doing it for Allah, Allah does not reward me based on the result. Allah rewards me based on two things, my actions and my intentions. And neither actions nor intentions are linked to results necessarily at all. So you may not have any results, but your but your actions and your intentions were pure, you will be given the highest reward inshallah. So it's 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 a very good point and it's something that we have to always remind ourselves in in purifying our intention that regardless of the outcome regardless of the the result our reward is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Elizabeth writes Allah says in the Quran that he created things in pairs happiness and sadness go together indeed yes subhanallah and again you know inna ma'al usri yusra with with hardship is ease and and you know Allah tells us he he created the day and he created the night uh, like you said that the pairs that um that these things really, the pairs and the opposites, are what really allow us to understand, you know, to understand things. We, we understand, you know, those people who, who, who revert to Islam, you know, they say that, like, because they, they, they in their previous life or before they became Muslim, uh, they, they lived a certain reality, they lived a certain life. And because of that life that they lived, they can truly appreciate and understand the light of Islam. And it's like when you see darkness and you know what it's like, then you can fully, fully appreciate the light. Uh, and so it isn't, you know, we should, we should realize that there is a wisdom in everything that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created. There is a wisdom, um, even in the sadness, even in the, the struggle, even in the, the lack of happiness. And, and it's, it's, it's those things which then allow us to appreciate, uh, the light and the happiness and the ease. Someone else writes, I found happiness by being religious, uh, used to spend nights crying, but alhamdulillah, now I'm remembering Allah more. I find myself at ease when I feel unhappy. I just remember that someone out there has got it worse. Uh, this is definitely a tool of of uh, of increasing happiness, and it's ultimately gratitude, uh, realizing that there's someone who has got it worse. Uh, this is, you know, as the Prophet told us, 
that when it comes to deen, when it comes to religion, we should compare ourselves with those who are better than us. But when it comes to dunya, we should compare ourselves with those who are less than us, those who have less than us. And the reason for that is when we compare ourselves, you know, what's, what's, what's ironic is that we actually do the opposite, usually. Um, you know, it makes us feel better that when someone comes and says, you know, why aren't you wearing hijab or why aren't you praying? It, it, it makes me feel better to say, well, at least I'm not doing what that person's doing, right? Or I, I know a lot of hijabis, one common one is, I know a lot of hijabis and they're, they do X, Y, Z bad things. And so the idea is that it makes me feel better by comparing myself to someone who I, I perceive as being doing something lesser in deen or I perceive as being lesser in religion. And by comparing myself to those who are less than me in religion, I become, uh, I feel comfortable with where I'm at and I, and I, and I can make excuses for where I'm at. Uh, and, and in fact, we're supposed to be doing the opposite. We're supposed to be looking at those who are better than us. Look at the, the examples that are better than us in order for us to strive more, not for us to become complacent. Um, and then, you know, with dunya, this is often what we do. We again do the exact opposite. And that is that, you know, when I have, you know, if I have a, uh, you know, a nice, uh, I have a nice car and, you know, maybe I'm content with it, but I look at my neighbor and my neighbor has two nice cars. Uh, then all of a sudden, you know, then I'm not content anymore because I've compared to what, what seems like more in dunya. And unfortunately, that's what we do. Well, yeah, I have, you know, I have this, but this person has, has so much more. Why do I have less? Uh, and, and so we tend to look at in dunya, we compare to those who have more than us. And as a result, it makes us, uh, it, you know, discontent. It, it causes uh, a lack of contentment and, and, and causes ingratitude. When in fact, what we should be doing is, as the uh, as the listener said, we should be looking at those who have less than us. And by looking at those who have less than us, it breeds gratitude instead of uh, you know a lack of appreciation. Anne says, when we are depressed, we appreciate our mortality. My depression, along with a string of horrible experiences, made me question the purpose of life, which then guided me to Islam. Allahu Akbar. And you know, this is a theme that we see, subhanAllah, throughout the Qur'an. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that one of the reasons that He gives hardship is because it makes people come back. Allah says, لَعَلَّهُمْ يَرْجِعُونَ in one ayah, in order that they come back, come back to Him. Uh, it is oftentimes uh, during those times of hardship and depression or, or difficulty that we are shaken out of our coma, right? Shaken out of our sleep uh, and, and distractions. And that's when we wake up and come back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But at times it takes that shake and that shake is, is, is hardship. Uh, and so this is... Um, this is sort of a, you know, this is a common theme on, you know, with human beings. It's our human nature that when things are easy, we have the tendency, and this is not always the case, you know, there, this is not always the case, but we have the tendency when things are easy to become distracted and to become heedless of, of, of the reality, of the true things in life, right? We forget about the hereafter when we feel comfortable in this life. But when it's those things are taken from us in this life and when we feel afraid or we feel sad, that's when we remember, like she said, mortality. We remember the bigger things. We remember what's after this life. Uh, you know, this is, this is our overall, our, our human nature. Uh, again, this is, this is not always the case. There are some people in times of ease, they do feel grateful. They do have gratitude. 
they do remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But overall, this is a human weakness that we tend to forget when things are easy and we tend to uh, remember God more when things are difficult. And, and it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who's the most merciful. He wants us to remember Him. He wants to bring us back. And so at times it is by sending hardship, it's by sending the storm that we seek shelter in Him. And when it's really nice out, right, and there's no, no hardship and we feel comfortable, we don't feel the need to seek refuge in God as much. And so sometimes it is actually a mercy that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends us that hardship in order to come back to Him. Again, you know, we, we you can call in. We do have the lines open. Uh, the number to call in, uh, you, you can call in. The number is 714-988-8182. We would love to hear from you, uh, you know, to, to share your stories, your reflections, your insights on this question uh, of happiness. Roxana says, making people around me happy makes me happy. There was a short time when I also thought, like every girl, that someone special would make my life happy and I, would, and I really wanted to marry him. Uh, yeah, this was the, sh- the story we shared earlier um, uh, about how she learned that that isn't where happiness comes from. It is a very, very common, uh, a common myth that we think that other people are going to fill that hole that we have inside of us and subhanallah that that hole you know once you really try that you realize that that emptiness can only be filled by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala one point to, to to make here i think it is true that by making others happy we 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 also feel happy but there's also i think a a trap that we can fall into there where we are also dependent in a way on making others happy. And that can also be a trap. For example, I've had many people who they become very depressed because no matter what they do, they can't make their parents happy. And, 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 and yes, in Islam, we are told to try, you know, we are told, we're supposed to treat our, our parents with, with ihsan, with, with the most beautiful of treatment, uh, and, and that heaven is at the feet of mothers. And we so much emphasis on this treatment of parents. However, there are some people who, who do everything in their power. They do what they're told. They do what all that they can. Uh, they do what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has asked them to do, but still they're not able to make their parents happy. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's just they've done what they can and they just can't do it. And so at that point, they become still very depressed. And that's because, again, it's looking in a sense for results uh, because your job ultimately isn't to, to actually you know, quote unquote, be successful and to get the result. Your job is to do the work. Your job is to have the pure intention. The result of your work and the result of your intention, that's with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You will not be asked about the result. You will be asked about your effort and you will be asked about your intention. Look at the prophets peace be upon them some of them had followers some of them had almost none does that mean that those who had less followers were somehow uh, less successful in their mission that isn't the measure of success the results are with Allah that's not what we're asked for so you know sometimes again it can also be a trap where we when we depend our happiness on the happiness of others it is true we should we should serve others and we should try you know to give to others and be generous however we have to be careful not to make our happiness dependent on the happiness of others on being successful in make because sometimes no matter what we do it, 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 we can't make the other person happy and that isn't our fault that's again something that's not in our own hands 
Uh, Firas writes, in my humble opinion, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tests our love and commitment for him in hardships. Again, it is, it is a very good point that, that hardships, um, it has a number, hardships have a number of, of, uh, wisdoms behind them. And these are some of them are, are told to us in the Quran and some are, you know, we, we may not know. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. But Allah does tell us that there is a number of, of reasons why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us hardship. One of them is that we may come back to him. One of them, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لِيُمَحْصَ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا In order to undergo a process called tamhis. And tamhis is a process of purification. And it's the same type of process that, that that's used to describe the purification of gold. When you want to heat, when you want to to uh, purify gold and remove uh, any kind of impurity from the gold, you heat it up. Uh, that's what you do to purify gold. That process of heating up gold is what removes the impurities. And similarly, the process of, of hardship is what purifies the believer. Allah says, لِيُمَحِصَ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا That Allah also puts believers through this process of, of purification. And that process itself involves heating up, involves hardship, involves struggle, but the result is purification. And I mean, this is not something that you really, really understand until you experience it, that, that you see that through your own life, that those, those, those periods of time that when you were in them, you know, you just wanted them to end, right? Sometimes you just, you just, it just hurts when you're in it, but it's, it's, you know, it's over time. And when you look back at those periods in time where, that were the hardest for you and maybe were the most painful for you, you see how they changed you. They see, you see how they taught you and you see how they purified you. SubhanAllah. Uh, someone writes, uh, asks, how can you change your lifestyle to be happy and to please Allah and leave you and leave your daily routine that is wasting time mostly? I think the answer for this is is really in the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The reason we become distracted uh, by the things around us and by the things that ultimately don't matter is because is because we have forgotten about Allah. We become distracted when we don't remember him enough. Uh, one of the ways we forget about Allah is in the salah. We we we, we abandon the salah. We I we either don't pray or we pray late, uh, we delay our prayers, uh, that, that, that act in and of itself is going to distract us, is going to make us less able to focus on those things that really matter. And, and we'll, 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 you know, that'll make us focus more on, on things that don't matter and wasting our time comes as a result of, of not really being able to focus on the truth and on the the realities of this life and the next. So I would say practically it has to do the change in your lifestyle that's going to make you more happy, uh, first of all, uh, and and going to make it, it, it uh, easier to use your time wisely is increasing your remembrance. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah bidhikrillahi qulub. Indeed, in the remembrance of God do the hearts find peace and, and satisfaction. So you will become more happy with the remembrance of Allah. Similarly, Allah says, Whoever turns away from my remembrance for him will be a narrow, miserable life. When you turn away from the remembrance of God, you're not happy. Ultimately, you're not you know, the true type of happiness, uh, you don't have that. 
and 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 remembering God is remembering those things that matter, and so it will become part of your lifestyle to to focus on those things instead of those things that don't matter. The greatest advice, uh, Elizabeth writes, the greatest advice I have ever received is to always have a good opinion of God in good and bad times. I have lived my life with this point in mind, even though the darkest moments of my own life, even through the darkest moments of my own life, trusting that he knows best for us always. That is absolutely beautiful advice. And I agree, it is probably uh, one of the best advice that someone can give. Uh, having the most beautiful and best opinion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, no matter what you're going through. And, and even when you can't see in it, you can't see in it the wisdom or you can't understand in it the good, you know with full certainty that it's good for you. You know that because you know that Allah would never do something bad for you. Allah would never just put you through hardship just for the sake of hurting you. You know that because you have husn al billah. You have the best opinion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah tells us in Hadith Qudsi um, that whoever that ana that I am as my servant thinks of me. So let my servant think good of me. Allah is saying he will be as you think of him. So if you think good of Allah all the time, you have the best opinion of him. If you believe that Allah will never, never leave you, that Allah will only bring you what is good for you, that's exactly what will happen. That is exactly how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be with you. If you believe that Allah is going, you know, that Allah is the most merciful and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants you to be near him and Allah, whatever he sends you is good for you. That's exactly how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be with you. However, if you think otherwise, that's how Allah will be with you. So be very, very careful how you view Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and, and what is your opinion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Noor writes, I feel happy when I feel that I'm making progress. I am in a process of learning more and becoming better little by little and have sincerity towards Allah. On the other hand, it scares me so much when I don't have the intense sincerity. But alhamdulillah, it normally comes back after a short time after making dua. Lots of dua. Absolutely. And it's important to remember that sincerity is a gift. Sincerity is, it comes from God. It does not come from me. And so we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continuously to, to make us sincere and to make ikhlas easy for us. It's important that we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, make ikhlas easy for me. Make sidq easy for me. Make, make truthfulness easy for me. Make patience easy for me and and just you know we we ask Allah to, to to purify our intentions but at the same time remember you are only human sometimes by putting a standard too high for yourself a super human standard for yourself you actually set yourself up for failure and and slipping lower than you would if you had not put such a high standard what i mean by that is is this issue of sincerity can also be a tool that shaitan uses against us for example when you're trying to do a good deed uh you want to get up and pray or you want to help out in the message you want to give charity shaitan could come to you and whisper and say Actually, you're only doing that. You're only getting up to pray because you want people to say, man, he's so religious or she's so religious. You're only going to, to, to help in the masjid because you want people to say, oh, look how, how pious he or she is. You only want to give money because you want people to say you're generous. And, and, and it is true that we should not be doing these things for the sake of the people. However, when shaitan uses that against you, what do you think he wants you to do? He wants you to stop doing the good deed. So what may happen is, when I'm trying to get up to pray, 
or I'm trying to do more dawah, or I'm trying to do, you know, give charity. He comes and whispers to me, well, you're only doing that for the people. So just don't do it. That's the bottom line. So the end result is now I haven't done something. I basically haven't done the good deed. So instead, what we should be doing is continue to do the good deed, but at the same time, struggle and make dua to purify your intention. Do not abandon the deed. This is a trick of shaitan. Ultimately, shaitan will use whatever trick in he has, whatever method he can to get you to not worship Allah. It doesn't matter which direction he comes from. So sometimes he may come through the direction of this, this idea of sincerity. Oh, you're not sincere, so just don't do it. And as a result, we abandon the good deed. Don't abandon the good deed. Don't abandon it because you're afraid of your um, impure intention. In fact, continue the good deed, but ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to purify your intention at the same time. Mahik writes, Whenever I feel happy or sad, stressed or even mad, I try to remember that all these emotions... Um, to try to remember that all these emotions and reflecting on these emotions, example, why I feel them are what make me human. Nothing else stays the same. If happiness is the standard, then also remember that happiness runs in circles. A lot of the time I feel stressed and wonder if I'll ever truly feel as happy as I have in the past. But it's through reading and listening to his words that I feel calm and content. This is ultimately what helps me power through and find clarity in what I do. Absolutely. And remember that happiness is a creation. Sadness is a creation. All of these emotions are the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And remember that Allah does not do anything without a purpose. Allah created happiness for a purpose and Allah created sadness for a purpose. So remember that, that, that it isn't haphazard. It isn't without meaning. It isn't without, you know, an, a, a better and, and greater plan. It isn't, you know, just it isn't random. It isn't random. It's part of a greater plan. And just seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to, to, to make whatever it is that you are going through good for you. If it is happiness, if it's sadness, if it's whatever it is, it may ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to use this as a means to get closer to Him. Hena says, I find that when in a moment of weakness and I think a person has given me grief, that's when I feel really upset and depressed and lost. And when I remember that even hard times are from Allah, then the problem becomes more bearable because then I know Allah won't leave me alone. Allahu Akbar. That is a beautiful way to think. Remember that whatever comes your way was never meant to miss you. Whatever befalls you was not meant to miss you. And whatever missed you was not meant to befall you. You know, there's a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ in which he says that no person will taste the sweetness of Iman until he realizes that whatever has befallen him was not meant to miss him. Whatever has missed him was not meant to befallen, befall him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. It may be that you hate something and it is good for you. And it may be that you love something it's bad for you. Allah knows and we don't know. This is extremely important for us to understand if we are to taste the sweetness of Iman. Whenever something happens that you don't like or something isn't happening that you do like, remember 
that it isn't the person who's in charge, right? It isn't the, you know, the person, uh, you know, who, who, who's involved or the, you know, that, that gave you something or took something from you or, or, or whatever it happens to be of the creation. Those are just tools, but ultimately everything comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and everything is within his, knowledge and within his will uh, so so seek allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and remember uh, that this is really the idea of rida that uh, contentment knowing that everything comes from him and therefore and therefore we love whatever comes from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala subhanak allah bihamdak ashhadu an la ilaha illa ant nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilaik wassalamu alaykum ورحمة الله وبركاته غربا 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 غربا